Hi, I'm Chad Emerson, and this is the Downtown Explorer Podcast, the virtual third place where we gather for interesting conversations with downtown innovators and entrepreneurs. Hi, everyone. Chad Emerson, Downtown Huntsville, Inc. We are back here again at the worldwide headquarters of DHI for the Downtown Explorer Podcast. And this episode, we are talking one of my favorite things in the world, craft coffee. We have the Craft Coffee Trail along with the Craft Beer Trail and the Craft Cocktail Trail. And so today we have three of our Craft Coffee entrepreneurs. Introduce yourself. Start with you, Christy. Hello, I'm Christy Wimberly. With? Uh, with Honest Coffee. Do you have a coffee shop or are you just a- <laughs> Hi, I'm Jenny Cottle. I'm with Dragon's Forge Cafe. I'm Connor Knapp with Piper and Leaf Tea Company. All right, so uh, we're going to uh, ask some questions, try to find out more about your establishments. And one of the things that people love these days are origin stories, you know, whether it be Marvel superheroes or it be a band or something like that. Uh, Connor, let's start with you. Tell us about the origin story of Piper and Leaf because it didn't start as Piper and Leaf. I remember when I moved here, it was something different. Right. We started as another company altogether. We're really good at getting in trouble with <laughs> lawyers and copyrights and things like that. But we actually started as a family hobby one night a week at the local farmer's market, which a lot of people here in the area know, the Green Street Market. And we just started out as a one night a week hobby, something to do with the family, something to bring Huntsville together. And we were just at the right place at the right time at that moment because a lot of grassroots movements were happening at that time. It's also around the time actually when downtown Huntsville Inc. was getting started. And about... Eight months of we were selling tea made from our garden with compost that my brother-in-law's former landscaping business had. And we realized people weren't buying the dirt. They were just buying tea. So we gave all the compost to our farmer friends and just focused on making nice teas. And that was about when we started at the low mill uh, here in town as well with our first shop, which is about 600 square feet. It's myself, my two sisters and my brother-in-law that own and operate it. And we're approaching nine years now, and we have a seven-acre property with uh, 16,000 square feet, and we just still don't know where this ride's taking us. We're just kind of sitting here and trying to hold on for dear life. Yeah, if we were accurate, we'd probably call it the downtown Huntsville hot drink trail, but that doesn't flow as well as craft coffee, right? Because you all do hot teas, which is really seems to be your specialty, but you can also get some coffee drinks as well. Tell us about that. Yeah. In our stores, we do coffee and tea. Uh, we focus on the teas. That's what we're best known for. Uh, but the dirty little secret is we're all actually coffee snobs behind the scenes. And uh, once we started opening up our shops, we've always had coffee as an option. And my brother-in-law currently does small batch roasting for us called caffeinated ostrich. So he also is one of the ones who actually produces the tea for us. So he kind of has two jobs um, within the company there. And wait, wait. So, so, so the roastery is called caffeinated Caffeinated ostrich. Ostrich. It's okay, caffeine for bird brains. Okay. And so he That's also is a different podcast. One, yeah. He's <laughs> one of the ones who actually uh, also produces the tea and packages it, him along with my sister. They're the main people who do the production side of things. And uh, we were really proud to you know be part of those original first few days when we started the Craft Coffee Trail with Downtown Huntsville Inc. and Sugar Bell and Honest and all these different people that have been a long-term members. And it's just been really cool to see that continue to grow and people really start supporting it and going to all the different shops. So, Jenny, Dragon's Forge, uh, I love walking onto the second floor of Low Mill, walking in Dragon's Forge, and it feels like I'm taken away to a movie scene. You know, uh, how did you all come up with the concept of Dragon's Forge? Well, me and my husband have always been in the coffee scene. Um, We were both baristas, and he was a manager um, for an undisclosed company. (laughs) We have about 15 years of experience, and we started kind of doing a lot of fantasy art 
and we traveled the country doing that. But it has always been in our back pocket that we wanted to do like a restaurant or a cafe of some sort. So for us, we decided to combine art and fantasy and our love of coffee, our obsession with coffee. We run on coffee um, and decided to open up a castle. Why not? We used to do a lot of antiquing. So a lot of the things that you see are actually things that's part of our private collection it also gives us an excuse to continue to go to antique stores and spend money (laughs) so a lot of the things that you see like all the clocks on the wall were actually repaired by my husband um he's an avid clockmaker. um so we just decided to combine everything and now we have this crazy wonderful castle that everyone's welcome to um it's been a great hub for the community especially the lbgt community it's a nice safe space in huntsville and i think a lot of people come to us and tell us how magical <laughs> everything is and i just can't i can't believe we've gotten this far in a year wow that's so. good you've done a great job and <laughs> in, in fact your neighbor next door is a meadery which yes. also has that yes. fantasy vibe to it so it's like this really corridor of fantasy interesting drinks it was interesting <laughs> we literally i think she came over when she was starting and goes we're doing the same thing i love it let's run with it so now we have a lot of events with our partners next okay. door Christy, um, at what point in your life did you ever think you'd be opening a coffee shop in a 50-year-old municipal parking deck? Um, not and not. Um, <laughs> my, but you did. Uh, I did, I did. And we have been amazed with uh, how it's grown in the five, it'd be coming up on five years this year that we've been there. Honest Coffee, the origin story, because I know um, my mother lives up in Franklin, and uh, that was the original Honest, and another really quirky space called The Factory, right? That's How did you get connected with Honest Coffee? So it's funny. I was working in juice. I had opened uh, the juice bar over on Airport Road in 2014 and have a very strong passion for small business. I love the benefits of small business, the relationships you make, the, the co-working with other small businesses, um, and then you know just being close with your team. And so I'd been doing juice uh, since 2014 when my college boss reached out to me. Uh, He knew I was doing juice. Um, A lot of people don't know that Honest Coffee Roasters in Franklin also is the parent company to Franklin Juice Company, and they needed a director of operations in Nashville. Um, I have been in Huntsville since 99, and it is my home, and I loved it here. So I told my former boss that if they would do a shop down here, I would run it for them. And so it just kind of took roots from there. We came down, and I'll I'll never forget, in 2016, standing on the corner across the street, you know, in front of the bottle, just looking at the spot, and there was no traffic. There was nobody walking around. It was quiet, um, and we were, you know, thinking we were stepping out and taking a risk and thinking it would take years before we would maybe have a following. And we opened the doors in uh, May of 2017, and it has been the the most fun ride ever since. And the term honest refers to one of my favorite historical figures, right? It's Honest Abe. And, you know, we've got all kinds of plays on that. We've got the dual axis, which is our signature roast. Um, It's what we serve on drip. We've got uh, the Be Honest Mosaic custom floor tile, uh, one of the partners and I built when we were, you know, doing the construction. So there's a lot of shout outs to Abe throughout the concept. So as most people probably know, I'm a huge coffee fan, but I am a drip black coffee fan. So, 12 ounce. Yeah, 12 ounce. <laughs> and it's a go cup. And it's a go cup. Yeah. So, um, but there is a whole world of really interesting, unique drinks. And uh, whether it be, uh, you want, if you want to talk about tea, but also, so we'll start with you, Christy. What are some of, if you were to say, it's like, since we started Honest, one of the most unique or unique drinks that we've made <laughs> had coffee in it. You know, what are some of the things that really stand out to you? 
I can't think of unique. I just know one of our missions from the beginning was make it approachable. Um, I think so many craft coffee shops are there's a there's a mystery there's a mystery to it, and people feel intimidated. And like I said, my passion, even more than coffee, is small business. And so I wanted people in our community to, like you said, feel welcome. And so we have been very intentional on creating seasonal drinks and menu items that if you are a high-end coffee snob, you can come in and find something that is perfect for you. My baristas are, you know, they're so detail-oriented with the science behind it and the precision of the dosing and everything else. But if you're not and it's brand new to you and you walk in and you don't even know what a cortado is – you can find something or we can recommend you something that gives you a craft coffee experience but isn't intimidating and is welcoming. And so we do, we do a lot with uh, a lot with just sweeter flavors because, you know, people like a treat. And so we want it to make, you know, basically open to people to try it. So what's a bootlegger? That seems to be one of the ones that people, have, they've learned the bootlegger at Honest. So that's a funny origin story. Um, Offbeat Coffee, who is one of our friends that owns a coffee shop on the trail, Uh, She actually started with me. Her mom had been in the coffee industry, which is funny. A lot of family, you guys are, you know, husband and wife. My husband and both my daughters work with us. My shop manager, he and his brother both work there. We've got a lot of brothers, a lot of sisters, husbands and wives. Um, But was oh bootlegger so Anna Anna from Offbeat um, she had grown up working in a coffee shop with her mom and so when we were at the pop up she came over and you know asked us if you know she loves coffee she just wanted to be a part of it and so before they opened Offbeat she was a part of our team and came up with the bootlegger for that very reason let's give them something if they go to Starbucks and want to try something local let's give them something that's fun so she came up with a house made bourbon caramel latte which now marissa who is my lead barista and will be our shop manager over in madison has tweaked the recipe and changed it a little bit but it's just a house-made bourbon caramel and again it just gives somebody that's familiar with you know big chain drinks something that they can try and not feel intimidated and have an experience where they're like i like this i want to try this again connor choco tea uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that seems that when you go into one of your establishments uh, down at Constitution Park, you see the Choco Tea. What's a Choco Tea? Well, it is a unique blend. Um, the dirty little secret that we put into it, a lot of people don't think about, is actually local dried figs. Adds a real deep, rich sweetness to the flavor. But the chocolate tea has been a brown for probably five years now. It's uh, It's been a slow burn, but slowly gained a little bit of a cult following because a lot of people are intimidated by the thought of a chocolate tea and some people are like well i just i just don't get this i don't understand this is it like a chocolate bar is it like a milkshake is it like what is this and so we always tell people just try it and if you don't like it you can throw the drink back at us and we'll make you a different one and uh it's been fun having a lot of these tea blends um i was asked by somebody once if we you know what the scientific process was you know what kind of factors did we use how many people did we test it on and then they were like, you don't just like sit in a room and throw things together. I was like, yeah, yeah that's what we do. We just <laughs> sit in a room and throw things together and try to see what sticks. And so with that, we try to bring a lot of the fun artistry. And I think um, part of that's been with our start at Low Mill as well, which is an art center, being able to experiment and try things. And what I've learned over the years is you never know it's actually going to work. You just have to try it. You can have some ideas. But until you actually try something, you don't actually know how it's going to be. And that's the fun part is you can try some weird concoctions that people are like, that's never going to work. And it turns out to be an amazing blend. Or you do something that's like, this is supposed to work. This is supposed to be great. And you go, oh, that's, that's not so awesome. 
And it's been fun doing different partnerships over the years or seeing the creativity of, of different places like Honest and Christie's team. They've done a lot of signature lattes using Piper and Leaf Tea. And one of our more unique drinks that we've brought to the table is inspired by Southeast Asian style drink um, called a Kopi Chom, which is half tea, half coffee. And so it's kind of like a flavored latte, but it's a little bit smoother because instead of a syrup, we're using our, our concentrated teas and we're using drip coffee instead of espresso base. And so that's one thing that uh, it's been a lot of fun over the years, trying different combos um, and bringing that to the table and exposing people to some new ideas as well. I love the word concoction. That's so creative. Uh, Jenny, what's a magical co- coffee concoction that's uh, Dragon Forge has created? Because you, you have so many interesting, when you look on your menu, you're like so many interesting flavors. It's like, how do they come up with this? Well, um, I actually have a background in, I grew up in kitchens my entire life as a little girl. And I always like to experiment and play with flavors. Um, a lot of kids watch cartoons. I watch Food Network. <laughs> so a lot of our concoctions are literally me just going, okay, I love banana pudding. How can I make that a coffee? Or I love, you know, coconut cake. How can I make that a coffee? Um, right now, I think the most interesting thing that I came up with is a banana split latte that's on our seasonal menu that just launched. And it's got cherry, um, banana, and a little bit of, what it was it, chocolate. A little bit of chocolate blended with our coffee that we get made. So how do you get banana into banana. a so beverage? We actually use a syrup. Okay. It. Yeah. So it gets it has that really nice kind of nutty banana flavor. So you almost get like the walnuts that go oh, on wow. top. That kind of flavor carries over. Um, but we're lucky that we worked with Coffee Cloche as our local roasters, and we actually came up with a blend with them. So they're beautiful, delicious roasts. That every time I go in there, it's like heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get specifically from them to go with our lattes because our lattes tend to be on the sweeter side. Um, but that's how I like it because I feel like coffee should be a dessert. We talked earlier with our craft brewers on the brewery trail, and one of the things we learned is that while it's about the beer, it's also about the environment, the brewery visit there. And you, and all of your places have these really interesting, unique vibes. So maybe, Connor, start with you. How would you describe the look and feel, the design? What is what is the environment that Piper and Leaf is trying to create with your brand and your shops? Our main downtown location is in a historical park. It's Constitution Hall Park. And so we needed a timeless design that really fit into that aesthetic because we actually work with the Early Works Museums um, and it, we're actually in their property. And so they had some say in it, we had some say in it, but we wanted something that was really timeless, classic and approachable. Something we try to use the words uh, rustic elegance is really a big part of what we try to achieve. Seems like the distressed wood's a big part of your brand. Yeah, distressed wood. And uh, we also have some real, real clean lines at that location. If you go to our first location at Low Mill, which is just two miles away, it's a little bit different because that was our very first location. We had no money. We did everything ourselves completely. There's still stuff in there. I'm shocked no one's died yet because I built it. And honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. And it passed inspection. So, and it's still there. It's been eight years and I, I hope it stays that way. But uh, that one fits more of the, the low mill artistic expression, really do it yourself. And so it's fun having those two different ideas of, of what Piper Leaf is and can be. And different people like to go to the two different shops with that contrast of ideas. And uh, we really liked the expression at our downtown location right off the square there because it is a, a little bit more clean line, a little more elegant, but also timeless. And it fits right into the rest of the historical park. And uh, once everything gets operational again, there'll be people walking through with period costumes, giving tours, showing people the insides of like the print shop and how to do woodworking in the mail um, facility where this was created as a 
time in Alabama when we became a state. And so it was important to also reflect that and really uh, have enjoyed the time there. Christy, there's not many times where someone might say, okay, I'm going to design a shop. I'm going to start with a full green wall of artificial foliage. But it works. So what's the vibe you're trying to you know immerse people in when they come to Honest Coffee? Honestly, it's I want to, people to feel like I'm welcoming them into my home. But most of the time, it's like my kids are having a house party, and <laughs> they've turned the music up really loud. Um, our shop is definitely um, a very lively environment. Um, you will usually always hear the, the music up a little bit louder than you would expect it in a coffee shop. Um, it's usually filled with laughter, a lot of silliness, um, a lot of interaction between my staff members. Um, really, that's that's what I want it to be. I want it to be a welcoming, warm place. Uh, I want it to be a meeting place, a gathering place. We've been so fortunate with the sidewalk. The city lets us use the sidewalk, and that corridor just, if it's warm, if it's above 60 degrees, it's about my favorite thing to see is that corridor just filling out with people. And people walk, the, you know, my, my, my baby walker groups comes through with their babies. They get their coffees and their muffins. Now that we've gotten dog-friendly, we're allowed to have dogs out there in the sidewalk, and that's just, it's just a really, I don't know, I just, it, I want it to be welcoming is really my, my main thing. I want it to be a fun place, a lively place, and a very welcoming place. Yet, you did not uh, address the aforementioned Green artificial wall. foliage green wall. Well, it's like it's a longer it's, story. It's, it's fascinating, but you know, how do you come up with that? Well, I didn't again. I mean, I, I let the creative people be creative. So when you ask me creative drinks, it's nothing I ever come up with. Creative ideas is nothing I ever come up with. It's not my strong suit. You just don't get in the way. I don't get in the way. <laughs> um, and I have had, you know, I think we do really well letting people play to their strengths. The green wall came about as um, really an accident. When we first opened, we were in the, the what we call the original side where the bar is was our first side of the shop um, and like I said we opened in May of 17 and we're absolutely blown away by the response we got and uh, we did our grand opening June 1st people were spilled out in the street and I knew if we didn't get more seating we were probably not going to survive our business because mm-hmm. the, the rumor was you can't get in there and the last thing I needed was people not coming because they didn't have a spot to be and fortunately, the suite next to us was available, and so we talked to our landlords about leasing that and doing a build-out and making it a big shop. Well, my vision was to do a great big kitchen, because I love to cook as well. We were going to do a great big kitchen and have the bar be a big wraparound bar, and structurally, that wall said, no, thank you. Um, and so we, we knew we were going to make what we call the expansion um, seating. We lost the kitchen because we had to keep both bathrooms capacity-wise. So it's about as poorly a design space as you could do the way we retrofit it. Uh, But it actually works really well. Our main side is the lively side and the loud side. The expansion, we call it, with the big green wall is the more working and meeting side. But when we realized the wall had to stay, we're like, what are we going to do? We don't want people just looking at a big white wall. I mean, it's... So, again, another credit goes to Offbeat. Anna Anna was working with us at the time, and she's like, why don't we build a green wall? And so right before we opened the expansion, my whole team sat together, and we put it together, and we hung it ourselves. And it's been a spot of Instagram backgrounds and engagements. And, I mean, any, any special event people have at our shop, they easily focus on the green wall. Yes, and it works. It works very well. Jenny, um, your your theme you had mentioned the fantasy fair. The the is is are there any 
movies or shows that has really you've drawn inspiration as you're designing the space or a composite of a variety of different medieval eras? Well, um, as a kid, I've always been interested in fantasy stuff. Legend of Zelda is my big one. If you go into the shop, I actually had one of our employees does 3D printing. So he actually printed me a Majora's mask that I hand-painted. We wired with LED. We have um, a lot of nods to little stuff, like Lord of the Rings. We've got maps on the wall from different shows. Um, Mainly, I like that high fantasy, um, like Lord of the Rings kind of stuff. Zelda is my favorite because it's super whimsical and you have a lot of strange characters. And I feel like we get a lot of strange characters in the shop, (laughs) so it fits. But yeah, that and uh, a touch of Harry Potter. I try to bring that kind of wizard study feel to it weaving together some of the coolest fantasy characters known Mm -hmm. to humankind and beyond so let's wrap up with this question um you have one coffee drink to drink um and you're at the end of your time here on earth what's the last coffee drink if you can whatever it is or, or it could be tea what's the last hot drink you drink before you leave this mortal plane christy wimberly so I, this is easy. We do this one in the winter, and it's funny. We've been tagging former employees that are no longer here. Some of them don't even live in the state anymore, and it's our Alpine Olay. We created it about three? Was it three? I think it was three winters ago, and it's a juniper berry simple syrup in a drip coffee with just a little bit of steamed, and I'm doing almond milk with allspice. And I'm not much of an afternoon coffee drinker, but throughout the winter, I usually have some variety of an Alpine Olay. Okay. Good choice. Jenny. If we're going with our, our shop, definitely a Elven Kiss, which is one of our simplest lattes. I, I offer it mostly to people who don't want something super sweet. It's literally just espresso, milk, and a little bit of brown sugar. And something about it, like, it's just beautiful. It's perfect. You seem very passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Connor, your last hot drink on earth, what would it be? If it's my last one, I'm always going to go with something sweet and decadent and hey, it's my last one, so I'm going to enjoy it. So I'm actually always looking for an amazing hot cocoa and that's what I go for. I prefer dark chocolate, just barely sweet. My choice is oat milk and uh, that's what I'm always looking for is the perfect one. I'm getting thirsty. This sounds all really good. We may have to go get some coffee. All right, so let's wrap this up. Um, what a great conversation. In addition to Honest and Dragon's Forge and Piper and Leaf, we have other I think eight other stops on the craft coffee trail. Um, we like to wrap up these conversations, though, with what we call your favorite five. These are five questions designed to be answered with one word. We'll go around the room. You can elaborate if you have to. Uh, There's no wrong answer. There's just your answer. And the whole goal is that we learn something about the personality behind the person. So we'll start with you, Christy, and we'll work our way around each time. Uh, Question number one. It'll be the same question for all of you. Dark roast or light roast? Light roast. Light roast. Dark roast. All right. Question number two. Start with Christy again. An Americano or a pour over? Americano. Pour over. Pour over. All right. Next. There's three options here. You ready? An oat milk latte, an almond milk latte, or a whole cow's milk latte? Oat milk latte. I can't do cow juice, so I'm oat milk. My body hates me, but I do whole milk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. An Ethiopian bean or a Honduran bean for your coffee? Ethiopian. Honduran. Honduran. Okay. 
Christy, you had the right answer. <laughs> Two daughters from Ethiopia, so it's uh, always uh, Ethiopian is amazing. Oh, but Honduran does as well. And last but not least, we're always talking about hot drinks, but let's talk about cold drinks. A cold brew vanilla or a vanilla iced coffee? Chrissy. Cold brew vanilla. Cold brew vanilla. Cold brew vanilla. All right. We have consensus for the cold brew vanilla. I expect to see that on your menus this summer as we need a refreshing drink. All right, everyone, let's go around one more time. Tell them where you're located and where they can find you on the World Wide Web. Christy, start with you. All right, Chad, thank you for having us. First of all, this was a lot of fun. Um, I'm Christy Wimberly from Honest Coffee. You can find us at honesthsv.coffee. Connor. I'm Connor Knapp with Piper and Leaf Tea Company, piperandleaf.com. You can find our uh, physical store just one block south of the square. And Jenny. I'm Jenny Caudle. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok with the new cooking show. And we are located at Low Mill. We are on second floor, back by Susie's Pop, by door 30. All right. So there you have it. Three of our great craft coffee entrepreneurs among all of our great entrepreneurs on the craft coffee trail. If you want to learn more about the craft coffee trail, go to downtownhuntsville.org. Hit the tab, the downtown trails. You see the whole brand new branding campaign, I guess a branding campaign um, with all the destinations. It's real simple. You grab a card, go to each one, get it stamped at the end. You get some swag. So come out and get caffeinated on the downtown Huntsville craft coffee trail. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.